as I, as I begin to look at the words to this song and I'm listening to them sing this song and I want you to understand what it's saying. You're making a declaration to God that you want to be consumed by God to the point of there's so much God in your life that no one can see you anymore. Paul said it like this in the word of God, that it is no longer I who live, but this life that you see me living is not I, but the Christ that lives in me. I'm looking for people today. God is looking for people today that says, I want to be consumed by the fire. I want when you see me, you see God. I, I want to be able to walk down the hallway and, and everybody on this road just get healed on the strength that I just walked by. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about unspeakable power, un unbelievable power. He says, I want to be tried by the fire. Now, the problem that we're having in the 2000, in the 21st century church is nobody wants to be tried by the fire. Nobody wants to be tried by the fire. Because to be tried by the fire, you, you just might get found out. But God in this season is looking for people that says, listen here, you take whatever you desire. When you look on the inside of me, when you begin to do an investigation on me, whatever you find that's not like you, take it out of my life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? Is there anybody real enough in the building today to say, look, you just stand to your feet and say, you know what? Everything you see in me that's not of you, take it out of my life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You tired of being saved but broken. You tired of being saved but depressed. You tired of being saved but lonely. And, and every now and again, you just got to stand to your feet and spread your arms and say, whatever you see in me that's not of you, whatever it is that's holding me, holding me from being closer to you, whatever it is that's stopping me from being with you where I should be, take it out of my life. Take it out of my life. You know what I'm talking about? What's been crushing me on the inside? What, which, what, what snatches my ability to trust and snatches my ability to love and snatches my ability to believe? Take it out of me, Lord. I've mastered, I've mastered hiding what you can see. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I've mastered hiding what you can see. But, 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 but Lord, I need you to take out of me what, what folk don't see. I, I can stop cussing and you can hear that and you can say, oh, he's changed his life. But, but, but Lord, I'm talking, I, 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 you know, I, I can do some womanizing. I can do some, some, some fornicating and, and you can see that and you can see that that's changed about me. But Lord, what I need you to change, what I need you to take away from me is, is those things that folk don't see, those small foxes. Lord, do something with my attitude. <laughs> I've mastered being nasty. <laughs> oh, God. I've learned how to play it off in front of everybody. <laughs> but there's something on the inside of me that is stopping me from being the best me for you. 
And I just need you to take it. I'm, I need you to take what I can't let go. My God. <laughs> I, want you, I, I want you to take what I can't let go. I want you to take what I've come to love, but it ain't no good for me. Lord, have mercy. I need you to take what I keep picking back up. Take it, Lord. Here it is broken, discombobulated, disgruntled, so confused, lonely, hurting, bitter. You, you ever mess up so bad you let yourself down? <laughs> and you've been trying for years to try to figure out how, how do I stop letting me down? How, how, how do I stop dropping the ball in my own life? Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you just, when you know that you're the worst part of you, it, it ain't your haters, it ain't, it ain't the people, that, it's this, oh God, help me in here. Lord, get up inside me and take from me what it is that's keeping me from being the best me for you. Lord, help me in here. Ah! Trying ain't, it ain't never comfortable. When it begins to try you, it ain't never comfortable. Seems like your whole world is crashing down when he begins to try you by the fire. Seems like you ain't even going to be able to wake up in the morning. There's just something on the inside of you and everything is wrong around you. But really what's happening is God is doing, a, oh God, God is doing an examination on your life. And he's doing for you what you are not able to do for yourself. And somebody in the building just ought to give God a praise because you're in the middle of him taking things from your life, my God. Things that you wouldn't let go. Things that you couldn't let go. Things that you was in love with. Things that you had bonded yourself to and bounded by but God loves you so much he's he's taking them he's taking them hey oh God hey you ever been so broken you don't want nothing else but him you ever been so confused you ever been so sick of yourself You've been so sick of just everything around you that you just. I'm cool. I'm cool. I just need you. Y'all can keep all that. I just, I just want him. I, I ain't got another fake praise in me. I ain't got another lying hallelujah in me. I ain't got another jacked up dance in me. I just need the word. 
I just need the word. I just need the word. I just need the word. Hey. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody give God a hand on that. Somebody. Somebody give God a hand clap. Amen. Listen. Woke up this morning to a text, 8.54 in the morning. And a great friend of mine had an uncle by the name of Roy. Roy was a special man in my life. Sometimes that I was in so much trouble and I needed so much money just to be able to fight for my freedom. They was trying to take my life forever. And I went to him and I said, he had a special set of skills. I won't speak on what they were, but they were a special set of skills for me. And for one month straight every morning, Roy and I would hook up. And after that 30 days, I had more than what I needed for the lawyer. I had more than what I needed for upcoming bonds and had more than what I needed to take care of my family if I had to leave for a while. You gotta, when people tell you that there's something going on and you need to come and see them and you need to go and check them out, you gotta, you gotta stop being so busy that you don't go do what you need to do. I, I got an inbox from my man, Herman, and Herman is one of my best friends in the world, and he said he's not doing well. And I said, I'll be there, I'll be there. But I was so consumed with getting things done around here and some things that I had to do in Louisville. And I said, you know what, I'm going to be there Monday. I, I was going to go after church, but we got to lunch in. And so I'll be there after church. I'll be there Monday. And I was awakened at 8.54 this morning to let me know that Roy had went on to glory. <laughs> went on to passed away. You just got to tell people that you love them while they're here. And you can't be so busy that when you need to go over there and pray with them and sit with them and cry with them or whatever with them, you got to be able to go do those things. We got to reprioritize and do what's important. And I ask that you keep me lifted. I ask that you keep that family lifted. Amen. You, you ain't got to know last names because I don't know. It's out there. I know that the people that need to know, know, but... Pray for the family of Roy and Herman and yeah, amen. And God is still good even in this, you know. I'm learning that even in tragedy, he's good. You say, well, Pastor, you should have already known that. I did, but I'm learning it more that he's still good, amen. Listen, um, before I start real quick, I want to tell you something about this, this offering envelope. This isn't offering time, but... There's a few things on here that I want you to see. There's on your offering envelope, there is the Unity Crew, which is the children's church. And we're asking that everybody just give a dollar a week, dollar a week. Uh, if you want to do more, if the Lord touches your heart to do more, please do. This makes sure that the kids, they're going to be doing some field trips this summer. And also this helps them eat and stuff like this so that uh, uh, Miriam and Sonia and a couple other people don't have to always come out of the pocket for this. Um, 
Unity's future, the nursery. So that Tina's not always coming out of her pocket. This is to help the babies have juices and little games that she wants to buy for them. Just a dollar. If we could do a dollar a week, it would be amazing and we wouldn't have to touch our church funds to do it. If you're out there in social media land and you want to sow a seed of a dollar a week or more, whatever the Lord puts on your heart, you can cash app us at UWC, dollar sign, UWC Lex, UWC Lex. And Team Love, Team Love needs a dollar. Team Love will do good with a dollar a week. Amen. That's $3. That's $3. That's, that's uh, $15 a month. Amen. And if we could get that solid, we wouldn't have to ask you for lump sums of money. And we thank you. Let me get on into this word because this is a very important word. And I got a lot to say in a little bit of time. Amen. All my babies, all the children, children, children's church is back open. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on now. know that we're not still seeing our numbers the way they usually are and people are concerned about COVID and coronavirus but I just want to say this and I, I don't mean no disrespect when I say it but if you can go to Walmart you can come to church if you ain't scared to go out there and get your your natural food don't you be scared to come in here and get your spiritual food amen amen I'm gonna say that again if you can go to Walmart and get your natural food don't you be afraid to come on in the house of the Lord and get your spiritual food, amen? I don't know why uh, for the last two days um, you two young women have been on my heart and I found myself sitting there today looking back and looking back for you to take your seats where you be at. And I don't know what it is about you two, what the Lord has planned for you two for this ministry, but I know that it has to be special uh, because I found myself praying that you just made it felt in my spirit you might have had a rough week or it might not have been the best week and I found myself just praying that you made I don't know why just praying that you made it amen and I believe that God has something powerful for you to do in this house and I believe that's why you're going through some of the warfare that you're going through because the enemy doesn't want you to do what it is that you've been called to do and, and, and a lot of people over the years have called you many things but I want to call you one more thing I want to call you Despite what they said, despite what they thought, despite how they let you down, I want to declare that you're called. Whew. And it ain't no greater thing than to be called by him. Amen? Amen. Let's get on into this. Last week we started, oh, happy Father's Day, everyone. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Amen. Love you, fathers. Love you, fathers. Keep doing what you're doing out there in social media land. We love you, fathers. And uh, sometimes I come up with these Father's Day, Mother's Day sermons, but the Lord told me that we have business. And the Lord told me that we are on a momentum that needs to continue. And so that's what we're going to do. Amen. Last week we started uh, this series entitled, It Starts With You. And we use for the focal verse... James chapter 4 verse number 7 uh, which said which was therefore submit to God resist the devil and he will flee from you amen and we realized that the first thing that we would need to do if we were ever going to be where we were supposed to be is make the decision 
to submit to God. And then not just submit to God, but then we would have to resist the devil and flee from him. We came to the conclusion last week that without submission, there's no way to consider oneself saved. Without submission, you continue to operate as you see fit, as your flesh desires. You can never be submitted to God, but your flesh, with your flesh still in relationship with Satan and his ways. I want you to write that down. We put it on the board for you. It might be easier for you to take a picture of it and then put it in your notes for later on. But I want to say that again. Without submission, you continue to operate as you see fit, as your flesh desires. You can never be submitted to God, but you will be in your flesh, still in relationship with Satan and his ways. Gabe. Elena and Adia, I want you guys to catch this stuff because you are so young. Baby girl, I want you to catch this because you are so young. Devante, I want you to catch this because you are so young. And you have to make up in your mind now. And the most important decision after you give your life to Jesus will be, and I'm not going to be playing. And it's very hard to do when you see everybody around you not keeping the clarion call. It's real easy to be a mediocre mindset, have a mediocre mindset in the things of Christianity when you see it all around you. Hallelujah. I want you to understand, young people, get a mindset and a seriousness about being serious about God because when you move out the house, you'll find that you can... You don't necessarily have to be that serious, amen? You want that deep down on the inside of you. I can't remember if we talked about uh, the amplified version of James chapter 4 and 7. So, so, so just real quickly, uh, before I get started in part 2 of this series, I want to push the version, that version real quick. The amplified version of uh, James 4 and 7, it says, So submit to the authority of God, to the authority of God. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. So, so, so make sure you see that. I'm not trying to get you to submit to me. I'm trying to get you to submit to God. It's, it's my job to show you why you should submit to God, why you should want to submit to God, but you aren't submitting to me. You are submitting to him. Now, 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 he has put me over this house. I want you to understand that. And he's given me a vision and rules for this house. And I have to convey, my job is to convey uh, to you what he conveys to me. But when you decide, when it is that you decide, hey, I'm grown. And, and you do what you want to. It's not me that you're disobeying or being rebellious against, you're, you are disobeying and being rebellious against God. And the sad truth is, when you shoo off the man of God, when you know what he's telling you is right, you might be grown in the natural, but you are not grown in the spirit. 
and you're being grown in the natural is why you stay toe up in the natural and can't connect to the spirit of God. So, so, so you have to submit to God's authority and you have to resist. In fact, the Amplified says resist the devil, stand firm against him and he will flee from you. Ain't nobody standing around somebody they can't get nothing from. Amen. To, 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 to resist something is to keep it at bay or to, to, to fend it off or to fend off its influence or, or its advance. And that, that definition is up there if you need to take a picture of it. And what we're going to do is we're going to start having these definitions and we're going to have start saying some things that need to be on the board. And I just want you to take pictures of them if you're not quick enough to type them or whatever. I just want you to take pictures of it because I want you to go home. I don't want you to keep coming to church on Sunday, leave Sunday afternoon, and don't think about nothing that was said Sunday morning. That's not going to help you. This thing is for real. This war is for real. And if, you're not, and if you're not grown in this war, you will position yourself to be a problem to the spirit, Lord have mercy, giving the enemy access to parts of you that it ought not have. Now what you have to understand is the enemy is going to try, he's going to try you in order to harm you. The easiest way to hurt someone is when you have influence over them. I'm learning that. I've learned that over the last week that because I have so much influence, I have to be careful about how I say things. I got to be careful about how I do things. I got to be careful about when I say it. You know, you know I got to be because I have influence. And when you have influence, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome thing that God blesses you with influence. But you have to stay in the alignment with God so that, so that your influence doesn't hurt somebody. You understand what I'm saying? It's, and it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> so, so, so you could always be harmed by people who have influence over you. Let me put it like that too. So be careful about who you let influence you. Because if I can influence you, watch this. I can lead you away. <laughs> you be safe. If I can influence you, if I can convince you, if I can get a hold of your mind, I can lead you away. And if you are not where you should be in God, can lead you where I want. Isn't it something that you found out how not in God you was by where you woke up some mornings? Oh God, how you woke up some mornings. Isn't it interesting when you found out how not in God you was by some of the things that you thought you would never do? Lord, have mercy. through this real quickly. And, 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 and that's what the enemy does. He influences you and he leads you away. Let's look at James chapter 1 verses 13 through 14. And the Bible says, let no one say that when they are tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his desires and enticed. Elena, be 
careful about who's trying to draw you away. You'll always know when the enemy is trying to draw you away, it'll be one of two ways. It will either be with evil company or by yourself. I don't know why you're on my heart. You're on my heart. Be careful about being drawn away. You remember when you got drawn away? It ain't an adult in this building that has not been drawn away. Lord, have mercy. You got to be careful about being drawn away because you might not snap back. And you can come to church, and you can sing in the choir, and you can preach a sermon, and you can have prayer meetings, and you can do all of these things, but you might not snap back. Sometimes the enemy rapes you and sends you back. <laughs> oh, can I say that again? Sometimes the enemy rapes you and sends you back. Why? Because now not only did he rape you, but he taught you how to rape. You want to know the people that's been raped and sent in the church and they're not really there for the church, but they're actually, they're actually, uh, 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 you know, they're being used by the enemy. They're the ones that's always complaining, but they always show up. Did I just say something? They're the ones that's, be careful about the ones that's always complaining, but still show up. Plants, that was the word I was looking for. You got to be careful about them plants. You got to be careful about letting people whisper in your ear in the church. Sometimes you ought to just whisper back. If you don't like it so much, why are you here? And you got to say stuff like that, and you know why? Because those whisperers are trying to kill you. Lord, have mercy. Let me get through this thing. A couple quick points I want to make about that, and we're moving on. Verse 13 says, it lets us know that God isn't the one tempting you with evil or tempting you opposite to his word. That would be a setup for failure, and God don't do that. You ever done that before? You ever said that? See, God's just tempting me. See, the reality is it's not that you don't know that God don't tempt you with evil. The reality is what you want to be able to say is God's tempting me. You put it in your head enough times, and then you go, you know, so it's God that's got me trying it. So if I fail, it's not really on me. It's on. So this gives me the right to. Do it. Be careful. Be careful how you subconsciously play yourself. You see? You, you, you know it ain't God tempting you with evil. You knew that before you read the verse. But if I say it enough times, <laughs> if I say it enough times, and all you got to do is believe it yourself, right? All you, you know, because you, you, know, you can say something, you know it ain't true. But if you can just say it enough times, if you can just say it to somebody else enough times, and they agree with you because they don't know you lying, and they just kind of kind of put, and all you need is just a little bit. And you find yourself doing what you know you ought not be doing. Amen? So, so a couple of points. I want to say this. God does not tempt you with evil. He would never set you up for failure like that. Get this, and you can't tempt God with evil. And I want to show you, the Lord put this on my heart, and I bless God that he showed me this. You can't, the Bible says that and you, he can't be tempted by evil. And I want to show you that. Let's go to 1 Samuel 15, 1, 2, 20, 1 through 23. And I'm going to read fast. Don't worry. I know y'all got good Father's Day meals and all of that waiting. 1 Samuel 15, we're going to go 1 through 20, 
23 real quickly, okay? And I want to show you, this is, because I've never shown you this before. We've read the verses a lot of times, right? And God can't be tempted with evil. But how many of you have ever just wondered, well, how would you tempt God with evil? Let me show you how. See, and here's the thing. So you're going to learn something today because a lot of people don't know that. Now, some people are going to lie and be like, I knew that. No, you didn't. And so, and so, so you're going to learn this today, okay? I'm going to show you biblically what tempting God looks like. And then I want you to see, and then I want you to ask yourself, how many times I done tried to tempt God? Okay? See, you operating prophetic. I was going to say, I want you all to write those verses down because I got a question later on. See, I told you. Prophetic. Okay, let's get it. One day Samuel said to Saul, it was the Lord who told me to anoint you king as king of his people, uh, uh, Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of the heavens, uh, armies, has declared. I have decided to settle accounts. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Somebody say all of it. So Saul mobilized his army uh, at Telam, and there were 200,000 soldiers from Israel and 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul and his army Saul and his army went to a town of Amalekites and lay in wait in the valley. Saul sent the, this warning to the, to the Kenites, move away from where the Amalekites live or you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites packed up and left. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from uh, Havilah uh, all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag. Agag's the king, okay? He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. He captured the king, but he destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and the goats and the cattle and the fat calves and the lambs. Everything, in fact, that appealed to them, they destroyed only what was worthless and poor quality. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I have ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Mark that. Mark that. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him. Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up the monument to himself. Then he went to go on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally, we're going to preach about Gilgal one day. Lord, have mercy. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then, says Samuel, what is all the bleeping of the sheep and the goats and the lowing of the cattle that I hear? Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God. We have destroyed everything else. Oh, man. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked? And Samuel told them, although you may think little of yourself, you are not the leader of the tribes of Israel. 
the Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Be careful when you don't even know you're lying. Be careful when you don't even know you're lying. I, 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 I carried out the mission. Get this, he says. He says, I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep. That's how he said, he brought in the best. They brought the best. This ain't the regular sheep. This is the best. Tempting. He was tempting. Do you see it? He was tempting. He brought out, he, they, they, brought, they brought the best. the cattle, the plunder, the sacrifice. And get this, they didn't even keep it for themselves. They brought it out for your God. That's what he said, the Lord, your God. Ain't his God no more. Oh, y'all missed that, didn't you? Now it's your God. He, he, he was your God when he, when he elevated you. But now there's some discrepancies in how the mission was carried out. Now he's your God. Oh, Lord. Get this. And he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, but I did obey the Lord. Okay. And so then he says, uh, he says, but Samuel said, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to God, to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of the rams. I want somebody to hear this in here. Okay. How many of you can just, I'll be honest in here and say it. I've been in rebellion before. Put your hands up. Just tell the truth. Say, I've been, if you've been in rebellion before. And get, so I'm going to tell you why it's important. Look, look what he said next. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. In another, in, another, in another version, it says rebellion is witchcraft. I, I don't want you to get okay knowing the right thing to do, but don't do it. That's witchcraft. Okay. I don't, I don't want you to be okay with letting people talk you into things that they ought not to be able to talk you into. Now, do you, you hear me? Because, see, that was a, that's witchcraft, okay? See, it's not just, I just wasn't listening to my mom and daddy. It's witchcraft. It didn't seem that deep when we was being disobedient when we were young, did it? But then you found out it was witchcraft. it again intentional witchcraft you, you know what's even scarier we've made this Ray's talked this I've, we've, we've talked about and it's been intentional even since then ain't nobody gonna be telling me what to do okay witchcraft that's my pastor but he don't tell me what to do witchcraft 
You're right. I don't tell you what to do. I tell you what the Bible tells you to do. So when you don't do the Bible, witchcraft. Let me, let me get to this. Rebellion is as witchcraft and stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Huh. Let's deal with a few things real quickly. We learn very, a very serious lesson here, don't we? When, when God gives you an assignment, complete the assignment. Complete it the way he told you to do it. Amen. Get this, get this. I want you I, look, look at verses 7 through 9. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Hivilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the, Amalek, the Amalekite king, and completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep, the goats, the cattle, the fat cows, and the lambs. Everything, in fact, that appealed to them, they destroyed only what was worthless and in poor quality. Ain't it funny that you let things go that don't look like they're working with nothing? Even with what you're trying to keep has a history of being nothing. Jesus, he's talking in here. Saul was committed to kill everything, but instead he allows the king to live instead of burning everything. And uh, everything they found worth something, they kept. I want to show you something. And what, I and what I'm about to show you, I want you to write, I want you to write down on a note, uh, in your notes. Here, and I want you to write this down because I want you to quit walking out here like you got it together. I want you to quit walking around here like I don't need to take no note. I don't need to, I don't need to write it down. I don't need to take no picture because I'm straight. Write it down. No. Rebellion. Witchcraft. That got deep quick, didn't it? Write it down. No. Rebellion. Witchcraft. Woo. Write it down. No. Take a picture of it. No. Rebellion. Witchcraft. And because of this rebellion, this constant mentality, you stay where you should not be. You never reach the bounds and the heights that God has for you. I want to show you something real quick. I want you to write down. I want you you got them verses. I want you to see them verses. You ain't got to write them down word for word. I want you to see them verses 15, 1, 2, 23. I want you to write that down right there. And then I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. I never put my note up there, please. I never want that to be me. Shauna, can I have that on the screens? I never want that to be me. That's what I want you to write down. 1 Samuel 15, 1 through 23, I never want that to be me. I never want to be rejected. I never want what I was called to do to be snatched away from me and no longer allowed to do it because I have disobeyed God. That's pretty small. I never want that to be me. So, 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 get this. Look at, look at, look at verses 10 and 11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me. Ooh. He said, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Make sure you write those verses down and write sure, make sure you wrote down, I never want this to be me. Now, let me ask you a question. I want you to tell the truth and shame the devil. Everyone in here. Has there anybody in here that's ever been disloyal to God? Raise your hand. Anybody ever been disloyal to God? And if the answer is yes, 
then it's time you repent and be intentional about being saved. I got, I got a lot of stuff on that screenshot that I'm not seeing. It's time, it's time to repent and be intentional about being saved. Think about that. I, 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 want, I, want, I, want, I want to put some heaviness to that, okay? So on the count of three, I want you to repeat after me, okay? I have, no, just, just repeat after me. I have been disloyal to God. Okay, so now that you know what I'm saying, you ain't got to be scared to repeat me now. Now I want you to let it, now I want you to say it and let it sit on you. Uh, my, my boy Country Wayne says, let that settle like neck bone juice. You ready? I have been disloyal to God. That should do something. That should not be so easy to just say. I've been disloyal to God. Shouldn't be able to be said like that. You know, I've been I'm disloyal to God. I've been disloyal to God. That should kind of bend you a little bit, you know. Let me let me get on this because I got to get this done. All right, so, 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 so. Now, here comes Saul trying to tempt. You, you see, he's tempting. You saw in, in verses 13 through 21, you see him tempting God with the evil. And when, Saul, and when Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you. And he said, I have carried out the Lord's command. Lying. 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 Then what is all the bleeding of the sheep and the goats and the lowing of the cattle that I hear? Samuel demanded. It's true. The army's... Ooh, pride. It's true. That's what you hear. Uh, uh, he's confidently prideful. <laughs> it's true. The armies spared the best of the sheep, the goats, and the cattle. Isn't it funny that God named all that first? Isn't it funny that God named all that in the first couple of verses? What he wanted destroyed, he wanted to be made no mistake. This, I want everything done. And they come back and say, but, but we kept. You know, we kept the sheep, the goat, the cattle. Because my men knew better than God. Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God. So how you going to trip when we got the best and we could have kept it and kept it for ourselves, but we didn't do that. We bringing the best to him. Why? What's up? What's wrong? See, he's trying to finesse God. Young folks, say he try, he's a finesse. He's trying to finesse God now. He's, he's trying to tempt God. But he's trying to tempt God first through his man. You know. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop! Listen to what the Lord said to me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked? Now you feel worried. You feel worried right there? What did he tell you? Because you knew you done broke the, the rules. Now you're scared. And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? He said, look, man, I, oh, God. He said, listen, I know you might not think much about yourself, but I put you in a position to where you're supposed to always obey me. Am I preaching in here? I put you in a position to where if don't nobody else listen to me, you better listen to me because of the position that you hold. Leaders, y'all hear that? All my leaders, you hear that? He says, so, so even though you think little of yourself, and oh God, we're going to teach you on that one day. Little of yourself. Shannon, write that verse down. 
1 Samuel 15, verse number 17. We're going to preach that. You know, you think a little of yourself. Are you not a leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you the king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush to the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord. I did obey the Lord. Saul insisted, I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Leaders, learn how to listen. Learn how to listen so that you, you can't be guilty of not knowing what you were supposed to go do. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, the goats, the cattle, the plunder, the sacrifice to the Lord, your God, in Gilgal. Did, did you see Saul trying to tempt God with evil by saying in verse number 21, we kept everything that was good so that I could sacrifice it to God. Saul was hoping that God would take that sacrifice, but he doesn't. Saul was trying to finesse God. He's, he's like my troops brought me the best of, of the sheep, the goats, and the cattle, and he's trying to manipulate Samuel and God. He was, supposed to be, he was supposed to kill the king and burn everything. And since Saul has disobeyed, he's rejected as king. Listen to me. Be careful not to forfeit your assignment from God to be popular with man. Can I say it again? Be careful not to forfeit your assignment with God to be popular with man. Never do that. When God tells you to do something, do it. But right there, you got to see what it looks like, like when, uh, what it looks like when someone is trying to finesse God, when someone is trying to tempt God with evil. How many times have we been guilty of trying to tempt God with our evil? Can I help you out? I mean, I know we ain't married, but I know we live together, but we going to get married. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know, I know this ain't, this ain't what's in the word. But we going to get it straight, trying to tempt God. You see what I'm saying? Lord, have mercy. Real quick, I want to show you this, and then we're going to move on to part two. I only need five minutes. In James 1.14, it says, James chapter 1, verse number 14, it says, but each one is tempted when, they, when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Okay? I want you to see that. You have to watch the temptation, and you have to watch your own desires. And you have to be real about your desires. Ooh, you got to be real about your desires. You got to have conversations with responsible people to talk about, this is where I'm at right now. This is how I'm feeling. I don't know when this started. I don't know where it come from. But here's where I'm at right now. And if you won't be honest about your desires, you will always be vulnerable to your desires dominating you. You understand? Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you, if you are not honest about your desires, you're, you will be vulnerable to your desires dominating you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, 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 so get this. So get this. Understand, if you are not careful, your desires will be what draws you away. And once you are drawn away, you are tempted to do what? More evil. Your desires can draw you away. Ooh, that's why you got to be real about your desires, because if you're not real about your desires, then you're faking it about your desires, and all of a sudden your desires have, have, have drawn you away to a dreadful place. How many, how many will be real enough to say, my desires have drawn me away before? to a dreadful place, you see. 
And some of you might be, and some of you might be a little spiritually silly. So you say, well, you know, I don't know if it was dangerous because you know I kind of liked it. That I, I wouldn't call it dread. <laughs> I caught hell trying to come out of it, but I don't know if I would call it dread. I still got flashbacks. I might cuss somebody out on the strength of what somebody else done to me, but I don't know if I call it dread. So, so I want you to see that you have to watch the temptation, you have to watch your desires, and you have to be real about your desires. Understand, if you are not careful about your desires, they will be what draws you away. And once you are drawn away, you are tempted to do more evil. Be careful about being drawn away. Notice it says, it says, it says, it says, it says but each one is tempted when he is drawn away. So the tempting didn't really happen. That ain't really what drew you away. It was your desires. Have you ever noticed somebody, can you tell, oh God, oh God. You ever just seen somebody minding their business, but it was your desires. <laughs> they weren't paying you no attention, but it was your desires. Them evil intent, them, them, them small fences, them small foxes, them evil intentions. You got to know about your own desires. See, see, everybody ain't came for you. Everybody wasn't trying to, you know, wasn't trying you. Everybody wasn't just trying to, you know, you understand what I'm saying to you? You got to be careful about them evil desires. Because, because what will happen is you will become drawn away because of them. Amen? And then when you're drawn away, has anybody ever been a victim to being drawn away? Anybody want to talk about what, being, what, what happens after drawn away? Oh, God, it gets real after you've been drawn away. I can't do to you in public what I want to do to you when I draw you away. Come here, Devontae. Is it still recording? Is it still recording, Cheryl? Okay. Give me a hand. I'm so proud of you. You're doing so well in school. You, man, you hooping. Hey, well, he going to be somebody. Man, I got these Jordans. Show you these Jordans. Such a good guy. Nice looking young man. We'll be back. It's okay. We'll be back. Now I'm going to be tall. And I want you to. And then after he's been drawn away and he comes back.
be so quick to be drawn away. Confront your desires. <laughs> Acts 2 and 42. Let's go. What time is it? I got five minutes. Let me work my case. Acts 2 and 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now let me read that in the Amplified. This is part two. This is part two. This is what you're going to have to do. Remember, you first last week you had to submit, you had to resist, and you had to flee. Right? Here's part two. Here's number two. Here's the second thing, second thing you're going to have to do. All right? They, here's the Amplified. They were continually and faithfully, continually and faithfully, despite how it was playing out, despite what they were going through, despite what bills they had, despite how people had let them down, they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to the fellowship, to the eating meals together, and to the prayers. Let's get busy. So, so, so last week we learned that the first things you had to do was submit, resist, and flee. Today I think we need, to, uh, uh, we need to make up in our minds that we are going to learn and be given the word of God. Am I still not recording on there? I'm still not recording? I'm good? All right. Thank you. So, 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 so we're going to learn. Today we're going to learn about making up your mind to be given to the word of God. See, because this is the problem. This is the problem. You just wanted to come to church and God bless you. God is not Santa Claus. So here's the problem, and I want you to hear me and hear me good. The reason that many of you struggle with Christianity was the reason why I used to struggle with Christianity. Let's make it personal, as it should be. The reason that so many of us struggle with being a child of God is because we know nothing about God except for what people tell you. That's why. That's why. And the reason that you don't know God is simply because you don't read his word and you don't study You'll read Facebook, know everybody's business, you'll stay on the phone, hear all the gossip, be in everything that ain't got nothing to do with you, but you won't study the word to know your God. The reason that so many of us struggle with being a child of God is because, yo, look at this, and, and the reason that you don't know anything about God is because you don't read his word, you don't study, get this, and studying not only his, only, only, well, get this, studying not only builds and keeps knowledge, but it also builds relationship. I want to say that again, studying not only builds and keeps knowledge, it builds relationship. Amen? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Because to study his word is to study him, and to study him is to get to know him. Amen? When, when, when you begin to get to know him, you're not, you not only learn what, does, what he does and does not desire for your life, but more importantly, you begin to learn why he desires it for your life. It's the way we're set up for the most part of us. For the most of us it is. We need to know why. The why makes you say, oh, I didn't see it like that. Oh, I didn't think about it that way. Now, now, now what I believe is when we see what God calls us to, and to the level of his excellence, he demands it. We begin to feel like we can't measure up. I believe that's a problem in the church. A lot of you think you just can't measure up. And you're right. You wouldn't be able to keep his word if you were not constantly in his word. Can I say that again? You would not be able to keep his word if you were not constantly in his word. This book is not just some book. This is not just some book. But it contains each and every kingdom principle that we are to operate by. 
Listen, listen, there is a reason that in the first chapter of Joshua, God gave, uh, uh, God uh, said in his book, this book should not depart from your mouth. I want to show you that and, and something else real quick as well. Go to Joshua verse number 1. It says, uh, Joshua chapter 1 verse number 1. And it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke. Somebody say the Lord spoke. The Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, I gave so, so get this, what I, what I wanted you to see was, I gave you that verse, one, why? I gave you that verse because it solidifies who is speaking. It's God speaking. This isn't an angel, this isn't a prophet, this isn't the pastor. But the Lord himself is, and he's telling Joshua some things. For the sake of time, I want you, I won't focus on, uh, I just want to focus on one thing real quick to push my point. Verse number eight. This book of the law shall not, this is, remember the Lord said it, this book of the law shall should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous and then you shall have good success. Here's the problem with the 21st century church. Write this down. Take a picture of it. No rebellious witchcraft. Write this down and take a picture of it. We took the book of the law out of our mouths and replaced it uh, 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 with songs with vulgar lyrics. We, we, we took the law, Simon, you should have that on the screen. We took the law out of our mouths and we replaced it with gossiping and things that we knew wasn't right. Lord, have mercy. And, and, and the Lord, not anyone else, but the Lord said that we shall meditate in it. Now, meditate, you're really far behind. So we're going we're gonna to put these, these notes up on the, the page as well. The, the word meditate, the word meditate means to think deeply or focus one's mind for a period of time in silence. Sometimes you need to read the Bible and shut up. Sometimes you get a, a verse, you just need to sit alone. Sit there and think about it. Why do you Google things about you and then, and then, and then read what it says, but then don't think about what it's saying? You just ain't there. The, mm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to be. Shut up and think about what he just said. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Meditate on it. Why do you have to meditate on the word of God? Because in a world with so much corruption, madness, and craziness, isn't it hard sometimes just to believe it? Tell the truth, shame the devil. You don't always believe what you read. So, so I got to just sit here and think on it. And he's never failed me. So old folk used to sing a song. He's never failed me yet. Get this real quickly. We're almost done. It also means, get this, to think deeply or carefully about something. Let, let me ask you something. When is the last time that you read your Bible and just sat there in silence and thought about what you just read? How many of us are looking for God to be, you know, you know, a cheap trick, right? And we just, I, I read it, now bless me. Remember that stage of your, 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 your Christianity? I prayed, where's it at? Some of us have been in church 10 years and still coming off our knees talking about where's it at? Huh? Oh, cheap grace. Listen, so, so, so let's get through this. Uh, 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 we, we have to get that word Meditate on that word and begin to apply that word. Apply it to what? To your life, to your situation. 
and watch and watch the God we serve do a transformative work in you. Now, the word transformative means causing a marked change. Not just any change, but a marked change. Us. That is a distinctive, some, hey, that, you do something to your hair? No, that's, that's him on the inside of me. You see? That, 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 that's one of the most major things that takes place as you, uh, as you begin to grow in God. You begin to see transformative change. So, so we want to what? One, get in the word. Two, meditate on the word. Three, apply that word to your life. Take a picture of it, write it down. No, rebellion, witchcraft. Why do you want us to take all these notes, Pastor? Because you need them. How you know I need them? Because I'll be on your Facebook pages. How you know I need them? Because I'll be, I, I was two over, I was two hours over in the Walmart. As you ever run, you, Kevin, where's Kevin at? You know how we run into the saints in church, and we be, they be, they be loud, don't they? They be saying stuff, and then me and Kevin walk around, and I be like, man, that sound like, and then they walk around there, and ah, praise the Lord, Pastor. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> and me and Kevin are over here just trying not to bust out loud. We're like, hey, pray, praise the Lord. See you at Dalton. So let's get it, let's get it. Uh, and so, so, so get the word, meditate on the word, apply the word to your life, and as a result, you should see a marked change, a change that is exemplified by your spirit and not just your tongue. In other words, you shouldn't have to tell people that you are changing. That ought to be a change. Uh, that ought to be something that they can see for themselves. Uh, our problem is uh, that we are not in the word enough, and if we are ever going to be fulfilled, blessed, and on the next level, we are going to have to decide. There's, and, and, and there's another choice. You're going to have to decide to get in that word. And here's the second part, uh, uh, and we're out. And, and this should have been the first part, Acts 2.42. I'm going to show you the second part. It should have been the first part. Bear with me. I'm tired. 42, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Now, let's look at that in the Amplified. They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to fellowship, to eating meals together, and to prayers. It's funny, this part is here. Uh, Denise is here now. She makes this baked spaghetti, chicken baked spaghetti. I've never forgotten about it in my whole life, ever since she's made it. And, and it's just... It's just you eat it and you, you, you begin to speak in tongues. And, you know, but you remember the times when after church we was always at somebody's house. The church was powerful. The church was close. The church was deep because we were connected. We were devoted and we were faithfully always around one another. And so it wasn't enough, it wasn't enough room for sin when you got the saints always around. I want you to understand this. Don't think you're going to do this like Zorro or, or you know, some, some single some single superstar. No, no, baby. You're going to need the saints. And, 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 and I want to make sure I don't miss this. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it all. And, so, and, so, and, so, and so, so get this. Many of you used to ask me my advice about this or that, and I would, I would, feel, I would tell you what I felt the Lord was giving me. And, and there, there came a time when I became frustrated uh, with, with so many people coming to me and, and that I began to say, hey, I'm not God. And people began to listen and didn't call so much, but then they would train wreck, okay? And so, and so, and so I, I, would, I would first let you know, I, I want to first let you know what I was, got frustrated about. It wasn't because you were calling me so much or calling on me. That's a part of my call. I'm always all right with that. I was frustrated because I would give you what God gave me and folk would continuously do the opposite and train wreck. 
So, so you, you'd spend an hour or two of my time, then go do what you're going to do anyway. That's frustrating. I, you know, I could have been with my wife. I could have been with my daughter. I could have been, you understand what I'm saying? I, I could have been, been listening to a little Frankie Beverly. You know, I could have been doing something that I wanted to do. But no, I'm sitting here telling you some stuff that after the 14th time, I knew you wasn't going to do no way. And, I, and, I, and you get frustrated, right? And so, so I would, I, I, so, so, so get this. So, so in my voicing my frustration about this, I allowed it to come off like I didn't have time or I didn't want to help people through the important times of your life. And that wasn't what I meant. And if you ever took that that way, I do apologize from the bottom of my heart. I am sorry. Okay. I, I don't want you to think, I don't want you to be, and I'm not allowed to be, I don't want to be, and I'm not allowed to be your crutch forever. You can lean on me for a minute, but the goal is to get you leaning on Jesus. Okay. So, so, look at this, look at this number 42. They were continually and faithfully and devoting themselves to the instructions of the apostles and the fellowship and to the eating of the meals and together and to the prayers. You have to decide to learn and not just learn, but devote yourselves to what it is that you're learning. Booyah. You have to devote yourself to what you're learning. Don't make no never mind how long I work on these sermons and sit back and keep you in church a little longer than what we usually are. And you don't devote what you're learning to your life. You can be a real smart, stupid person. You can have all the knowledge but not use it, and that makes you stupid. I ain't calling you stupid. Don't be. I didn't. I said, if you got the knowledge but you don't use it, that makes you stupid. I don't care what planet you're from. So, so get this. So get this. You have to devote yourself to what you're learning. And, 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 and so what are you learning? You're learning the word. So you have to devote yourself to what? The word. And this isn't a one-time thing or an every now and again thing. This is not a situation of when you agree with the instruction or when the instruction doesn't inconvenience you. No, you have to continually be faithful to the instruction of the spiritual leader that God has placed over your life. Not to the spiritual leader, but to the instruction that God gave him to give to you. And if the spiritual leader isn't giving you the instruction from the word of God, if what he's saying can't be backed by the word of God, run. But see... Those on social media that are scared to come to church, but they'll go to Walmart, and, and, and those of you that are here, uh, you know that your pastor is going to tell you something from the Bible. Hmm? Riding down the highway, huh? The Bible said, the Bible said, so, so, so when it's from the Lord, you got to devote yourself to it. And it's pride that your pastor or, 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 or some other leader in the church, it isn't just a pastor, head deacon, some, it, could be, it could be just a girl on the third row, second seat down, but she gives you a word that is in, in alignment with the word of God. It is pride that you don't accept it. Pride. Ain't it hard when people you don't like tell you something that's true? Ooh. Don't receive it. It will be marked as Pride. I ain't got to like you. I got to give you the word. You ain't got to like me, but you got to receive the word. You understand what I'm saying to you? So listen to this. Listen to this. We're almost done. Four minutes. Four minutes. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is not me trying to be in control of your life. This is me trying to help you navigate your life spiritually so that you begin to operate in destiny and purpose and next levels that you were called to. And let me say this. Just because I'm your leader doesn't mean that I always do it right. I, I'm, uh, it doesn't mean, see, don't, don't call me a leader and then expect perfection. That's something else we've done in the church over the years. We've, we've expected the man of God to be without flaw. 
you won't, you won't find a flawless soul in the Bible except Jesus. So, 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 so get this, so get this, uh, uh, so, so you don't get to expect me to be perfect. You don't get to expect me not to make mistakes. And, and there will be times that that happens. Get this. But, but what I don't get, but what I don't get to do is not be before the Lord and still be trying to be before you. I don't get to do that. So even with all of my mistakes, even with all my mess ups, drop balls, I still have to be before the Lord if I expect y'all to let me be before you. Good post. Listen, listen. Here we go. We're done. Because this is gonna this is gonna hit home. This is gonna smack everybody. It's not enough to learn and apply. It's not enough to, to learn and apply what you have. You you have to learn how to be friendly with the members in the ministry. Why? Because the Bible instructs us to. It's it, it in fact the, the verse says we were to be devoted, they were devoted to fellowshipping, watch, and watch this, they were devoted to faithful, and, and not just devoted, they were faithful about praying together. You see that? Uh, uh, they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to the fellowship. To the fellowship. See, here's the reality. I'm going to say this, and this is the truth. You shouldn't have people out there that's not saved that you're closer to than the people in here that is saved. Who is my mother? Who is my Sisters, who is my? That was Jesus. He said, I don't care about being my mom. I roll with those that keep the word of God. See, uh-oh, pride. Oh, it's sticking here now. I feel it, pride everywhere. Ain't nobody going to tell me that you, I'm going to be close. I don't even know. That's your fault. The Bible says, Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my sisters? He said, I kick it with the ones that keep the word of my father, which is in heaven. That's a hard one, ain't it? That's what they call, these are hard sayings. I'm going to say it again. I don't care your top cousin, your dog, your people. If they are not saved, you are to be closer to the people in here that are saved. That's word. And this is why they probably not saved because we are not doing it the way we're supposed to be doing it. We got favorites. Pastor, you say that, but uh, uh, no. Pastor, say that, and you saw me change, uh, pick the church over my children. Never got him back. He didn't tell me. Don't, don't tell. Yeah, he just be, no, 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 I did it. Grandbabies I've not even seen yet. I did it. So I have a right to expect everybody that calls themselves saved to put God's people first. Because that's the Bible. You can play as Kool-Aid Christianity all you want to. That's the Bible. And it cost me heavily. My God, it cost me heavily. It's costing me heavily. But I just believe that old song, the old saints used to say, one day I'm going to wear a crown. You see. I mean, I don't even need this to finish. I don't be hanging with the people in the church because they talk too much. You talk too much. If you didn't talk too much, you would have told me that they talk too much. I don't, I don't hang with the church, people in church, because they be gossiping. So why don't you confront them in love about gossiping? Help them away. From, take a foot out of hell for gossiping. From, you, you understand? You confront them in love. Don't, don't run around and, and you be gossiping too. You know, over at Unity, they be gossiping. When you gossiping, talking about Unity's gossiping. And if they told your business, what, what you running for? You done told somebody's business? Go to them. Hey, 
I want to talk to you in love. And if they can't receive that, let's take it to the pastor in love. You see, that's how it works. That's how it was always supposed to work. It was never supposed to be this little, this little crybaby ministry everybody's running around in. No, no, no. No, it said if they are your brothers and sisters in Christ, you ought to fellowship with them. You ain't kidding about how you feel about them. Get it straight. The Bible says if your sister or brother has an art with you, get your tail off the altar and go get that thing straight. Because let me tell you something. If you got a problem with them, nine times out of ten, they got a problem with you. Isn't it funny that we always feel like we're the one that got hurt? But we never thought about somebody else's hurt. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. I've been calling people. I've been texting people and saying, you know, I didn't know that you used to call me names and say things about me. And I said those wasn't true. But I'm kind of understand that even though I don't see that I, you know, done that, maybe I've done that in your head. And so, so because, see, pain is pain regardless to if it's right or wrong. If I hurt you and I don't understand why you're hurt, but you're hurt, you're hurt nonetheless whether I understand it or right or not, right? If I hurt you and you say, and I say, I, I ain't hurt you, that ain't no pain, you ain't feeling nothing behind that. It's a disrespect of what you're going through, isn't it? Because you're still going through it whether I see it and the guy ain't hearing me in here. You got to talk to people in the church and, and stop when church is over just talking to the people that you know. We got new people in here that need a hello, a hug, or an elbow thing, or whatever you're doing. You understand what I'm saying to you? Oh, they got clicks. Prove it not to be true. But to run around here and talk about, I ain't going to be coming to the church because, you know, no, no, then you're the problem. You are the problem. It's not the people that's doing the things. It's the fact that you know that it's being done and you're not doing anything about it. Nothing, nothing, nothing positive. It says meals together. Remember that? Remember that? See, I got, a, I got somebody else from the old church in here now. I see, y'all think I'd be lying. We ate everywhere together. And we got mad at each other and be in service the next day. But you be there. And you did your job. And folk were delivered. But, but, but we spent time together. We was on the, I didn't have time to be talking to sinners. I got, I got saved folk to talk to. We're wrong there. We are wrong there. We are wrong there when we say, I don't really like dealing with people. Well, you, what do what you think heaven's full of? Cars? <laughs> so, 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 so you have to make a decision. Here's the second decision that you got to make. Remember, the first decision was last week was what? Submit, resist, flee. Now you got to get down with your people. You got you to learn it. You got to apply it. You got to learn it. You got to meditate it. And you got to apply it. And then you got to be down with your people. Maybe it's hard being saved because you hang around a whole lot of people that ain't saved. Maybe that's the reason why it's so hard. Amen? Amen? Everybody get that? Everybody get that? I want to break, I want to break that wall down of this whole thing of we not cool and, and I, you know, and you know, because they be woo woo woo. And if you heard it, why don't you go ask them about it? Listen, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I don't need to be meddling. I'd like to form a friendship with you, but here's some things that I've heard. And hey, check this, you ain't got to have no pride because I, hey, I heard some things about me. Let's sit down and talk about it so we can get it down so we can do what the Bible told us to do. Because I can't walk past this, in this church one more time past you and not greet you, not, not, you know, I done invited everybody to get you. I done been at everybody's house. Everybody done been in mine but you. We got to get that together. And if you ain't, and if you ain't, and if you don't do that, guess what? You're not operating biblically. And I don't care what you say because the Bible said it right there. You ain't smarter than the Bible. That's it. You don't have, see, that's the problem. You don't get to care 
I don't, I, don't, I don't have to care about how you feel versus the Bible. It's not the word. I don't have to, I don't, I don't get it. That's a hard saying. That's another hard saying. And you ain't doing Christianity until you're doing the Bible fully. Until you're trying. I don't care if you mess up, but you're trying. I don't care if you fall down, but you get up and you try again. You're not doing Christianity until you are, are trying to keep that word of God. Amen? All right. We're not having altar calls right now, but if there's anybody in the building that has not given themselves over to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in other words, you are not saved, and you want to give your life to Jesus today, stand up. Amen. If there's anybody in the building that says, listen, I, 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 yeah, I was in a relationship with the Lord and some things went sideways and now I find myself, I'm not in, I'm not where I was with Jesus and, and uh, some call it backsliding. I call it out of the will, some people call it out of the will of God. Uh, but today's the day that I want to get that thing right. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Stand up. Hallelujah. All right. Now, if there's anybody in the building that says, look, I'm saved and I'm straight, but I just need prayer. Hold on. I'm saved and I'm straight. But I just need prayer. Stand up. I'm saved. But I need prayer. Hallelujah. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, you see your people, you see your children, you see their response. God, you know what they are going through when I don't know at all. But I know that you are a way maker. I know that you are a keeper. I know that you are faithful and just. And so, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, wherever they are and whatever it is that they are going through and however the enemy is coming against them and however just life is coming against them, Father, I pray for grace over their life to be able to get them through it. I speak, decree, and declare right now with confidence and expectation that everything that they are going through shall come to pass and they will have victory on this side of it. And we give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Pray for family. I pray for their family. Okay, I hear you. I pray for their family members. I pray for their family members right now in the name of Jesus and let that healing go forth. Ooh, I don't know who I'm talking to. Let that healing go forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're not saved, y'all have a seat. Now, if you're not saved and you need prayer, stand up. We're going to start getting this stuff right. If you're not saved and you need prayer, stand up. All right, listen, before I let you out of here, uh, social media world, people in the building, we've got the kiosks on. The, uh, if you're on social media and you want to sow a seed to the ministry, unity that you're watching and you want to pay your tithes, you can pay your tithes through uh, dollar sign. Our cash app is dollar sign UWC Lex, dollar sign UWC Lex, or you can go on to our website, uwclex.org. Uh, uh, you can uh, scroll to the hit uh, the give button. You can give, and it'll show you through PayPal, Cash App, and I think there's another way uh, to tithe or give. If you are not a men member of this ministry, but the Lord has put it on your heart to sow a seed, uh, we thank God for you and your obedience, and you can Cash App us at, at dollar sign uwclex.org, or you can go on the website at uwc. Uh, I'm sorry, the cash app is UWC Lex, ca uh, dollar sign UWC Lex. The website is uwclex.org. Or if you old school like me and you write checks, you can write that check and send it to 191975 Haggard 
support. Lexington, Kentucky, 40505. Remember, I said this in the beginning. Some of you might not have been here and some of you might not have been online by then. There is some, some lines on this envelope that I'm asking you to give a dollar to or if the Lord puts more on your heart to give to weekly. That is Unity Crew. That is the children's church. They're going to be taking some field trips this summer. And then they're, uh, well, if, as, as long as COVID is allowing uh, the Lord, if the Lord allows us to take those field trips and things like that, COVID has no control of nothing. Um, but they do have meals here every Sunday. Uh, and if we can't get them in field trips, you know, in town, we'll have them field trips here in the church. And so your, your dollar a week will be going towards that. There's another line that says Unity's Future. That is our nursery. Uh, this will help Sister Tina not have to come out of her own pocket um, and, and buy snacks and juices and puzzles and things that she buys for for the nursery, amen? We ask that you give a dollar for that. Uh, uh, and then there's one more thing on here, Team Love. We're asking that you give a dollar for Team Love. 